Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. It's time for the upswing on WTMJ, showcasing businesses, entrepreneurs, and community leaders throughout the great state of Wisconsin. Here's your host, Jeff Sherman. I'm gonna make this place your Welcome to the upswing. It's day two. It's new. It's exciting. And we're back. I'm Jeff Sherman. Today, we are going to continue our quest to connect community and business with a great guest who's another entrepreneur who's wearing many hats, as often entrepreneurs do. Three specific hats. He's working on a new sports facility in Greater Milwaukee. He builds and repairs Volkswagen engines, and his family has a strong legacy in Wisconsin. I'm still new to this, but I know enough to kind of tease out what's coming up later in the show. So let's just say that this guest's family legacy can be summed up with one word said three times. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. But first, let me talk a little bit about the business of youth sports. Do you do you have kids, or do you have kids in your life? If you're a parent or you're a grandparent, you know what does that sports shuffle look like? Nights and weekends are crazy full at the Sherman household. I got to tell you, and we have camps, we have practices, we have games, we have more games. You have those Saturday morning eight a.m. soccer games. You know when it's like twenty nine degrees outside. You know what I'm talking about. And all the fees, right? All the costs. And one estimate I saw when we talk about the youth sports game is that the average family spends more than $800 per year on sports for kids. That's a lot. You have two kids, you double it. It's a lot of money. There's a lot of, there's a lot of choices you got to make in the sports world. Finding places to practice it's just never easy. I'd love your thoughts if you want to chime in. The WTMJ talk and text line is 855-616-1620. If you want to chime in on what that youth sports game looks like in your world before we get to our guest. But school districts have a ton of programs. They have limited resources and kids that want to use facilities, right? I know this well. I have two kids that play baseball, softball, and used to play soccer. Finding and booking practices is really tough. And while our kids don't play hockey... I know a ton that do, and I feel for you, hockey moms and dads, because that ice time is really, truly precious. I've heard stories, the late practices, the games, those 1030 at night drops, puck, the puck drops. So you got to be prepared to go and to run at all times in the youth sports game. Speaking of running, I, I do a lot of running at the Pettit National Ice Center. It's an Olympic training facility with an oval and an ice rink in the middle. It is always seemingly full. Which makes me think, you know, how and where do we need new sports facilities in our area? When these facilities aren't available, and maybe your family doesn't have a fitness club membership, finding places to play can be incredibly tricky. I know there's places like the Milwaukee Yard, you know, Creek, 
the facility in Mequon. You have big youth sports complexes like the the Pewaukee Sports Complex, even places like Heavy Hitters Athletic Facility right here in downtown Milwaukee. So coming up next, we're going to talk about what the owner of a new sports complex is doing to put his stamp on the youth sports facility world right here in Milwaukee. MFC Sports Complex. And our guest is Roy Henning. More after this break. This is The Upswing, and I'm Jeff Sherman. Welcome back to The Upswing. I'm Jeff Sherman. If you want to, and you can, follow me on X, Twitter. I'm at at Sherman Jeff. I'll do my best to inspire and to, you know, provide some nice tidbits, especially first thing in the morning, and we'll tease the show every day for you, too. Youth sports is big business. It's a $30 billion industry in the United States, according to the Sports Business Journal. And this is often good and bad because, right, we have to balance the profit and the participation of it all. I served, I think, two terms on my village's recreation board, and it really gave me a good insight into community needs. You know, the competition for spaces, the resources needed, you know, rec departments. If you have a rec department in your city, your town or village, they offer such a variety of sports options, right? Classes, teams, and more. I mean, I just looked through our, our, uh, our list in our rec department. Arts and crafts, there's babysitting, there's chess, there's dance, there's education programs above and beyond what the schools are offering each and every day. There's Minecraft, there's Fortnite, there's performing arts and private drama drama lessons that rec departments offer, science and STEM, theater, writing. All these programs require spaces and the one thing that I truly noticed is there is an incredible competition for access to facilities, even in a small village like Shorewood, that's like 12, 13,000 people. So we only have one baseball field, one gym. The high schools needs it. The adults need it. The rec programs need it. Not to mention activities like today, voting. It, you got to get out and vote today, your friendly reminder. But the voting is going to take up time. That usually the kids need, but that's way more important. So you got to enter private operators and groups that are here to build new facilities. So the MFC Sports Complex is a new 10,000 square foot indoor practice facility in Glendale. Right on the North Shore of Milwaukee, it's going to open up in in March. And our next guest will kind of give you the flavor of when that facility is going to open. But it's going to be state of art. It's going to feature 25-foot-high ceilings, natural light. I had a tour of the space about two months ago while it was under construction, as it still is. But it, it's, it's super cool, really innovative. And I wanted to provide a couple comparisons first before our, our guest jumps on. So you look around the area, just to give you a little bit of a flavor. Kettle Moraine High School kind of rang out the beginning of the sports year with a brand-new football, track, and tennis court, all right? Building new facilities is never easy. And you have to have the space in the first place, right? You got to have access to the land. You have to have the funding. You have to have the tenants. And then you have to have the sponsorship, right? Sponsorship makes everything go. Roy, our guest is smiling across the way here. But 
we we talk a lot about sponsorship when it comes to professional sports, but it's truly important at every level. You need the dollars and you need the partners to make things happen. But back to Kettle Moraine a little bit. It was reported that their new stadium, their new football high school stadium, including the track, costs nearly $7.4 million. And the tennis complex alone was another $2.2 million. That according to GM Today. So sports is you know, not only uniquely positioned to help young people grow and heal and learn. Having these new facilities is so important for the mental health and the physical health of our communities. I want to bring on Roy Henning to say hi and introduce what he is doing in the space. But before we do so, I'm going to tease him a little bit. He's wearing three hats, which is a true entrepreneur. He's got a hat on today. He has Mofoco. He has this new sports complex. And his family owns Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. All this and more, it's coming up next on The Upswing. We appreciate you being here. We're going to learn more about youth sports, motor engines, and drag racing. What more can you ask for on a beautiful Tuesday here in downtown Milwaukee? This is The Upswing, and I'm Jeff Sherman. We're back. This is Jeff Swing, and I'm Jeff Sherman. Please know we're going to continue to evolve and grow this show. Special guests, maybe co-hosts, interesting topics. Today, I'm sticking to the entrepreneurial spirit within the great state of Wisconsin. You know, the, the, the North Shore of Greater Milwaukee is a bit landlocked when it comes to sports facilities, right? We have a big lake to the east, and there's not a ton of space, but there are a ton of kids and one entrepreneur has a solution. Roy Henning is our guest. Welcome, Roy. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you very much for having me. All right. So let's talk a little bit first about the kind of the one of the legacy family businesses, Mofoco, Motors for Competition, 48-year-old Volkswagen facility on the city's near north side. Yeah, my dad uh, you know, decided to start Mofoco back in the late 60s, early 70s. Uh, he originally was a delivery driver for uh, Smith Brothers Fish Company. And okay. uh, the story I always like to tell is that when they wanted to put him in upper management, they asked him to shave his beard. He said no. They said, okay, fine. He quit and started his own business. So it all started over not wanting to shave his beard, which was pretty funny. <laughs> um, but he looked around the east side, of, uh, east side of Milwaukee and decided, you know, wanted to see what kind of cars he could work on that he'd never run out of work. And obviously in the late 60s, early 70s, uh, the entire country and especially Milwaukee was littered full of Volkswagen buses and Beetles and Gias and things like that. And that's kind of where it was born. And out of one shop on the east side on Garfield, uh, he uh, built another shop and uh, at one point had five locations in the mid 80s. Wow. Uh, we had a full machine shop. We delivered parts uh, within six states. Uh, starting in Milwaukee, and guys would drive all day and deliver parts. This is obviously, you know, in the 80s before there was a lot of, uh, obviously, no online anything. And, uh, you know, not, not a lot of ways to get a part on the same day. Mm -hmm. um, so he imported parts from all over the world, and uh, we were the biggest, uh, you know, uh, import parts distributor in the Midwest. Uh, but still, he never forgot about the base, which was the air-cooled Volkswagens. And we've had machine shops. 
Um, we also build engines. Uh, we're the uh, number one manufacturer of two different engine parts uh, in the entire world uh, right here in Milwaukee. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. So you're, you're located on First and Capital, kind of just north of Milwaukee and Glendale, but kind of behind that outpost location, right? That gives yeah, people our context. Orig- our original building is actually where there's a Napa right now next to outpost on First and Capital. My handprint is still in the floor from the concrete when I was one year old. Um, you know, it's still my story where it's allegedly my first memory. Maybe they told me the story enough times that it was a planted memory. Uh, but we, uh, we moved uh, about 10 years ago when I bought the business from my dad about two blocks north. Uh, to our machine shop, and I've been kind of rehabbing it into, uh, you know, a, a more modern building ever since. Okay. So there's there's probably millions of Volkswagen Beetles out there in the world. Where, where are you getting your customer base from? Are people bringing in their vehicles? Are you making engines from scratch? Just talk about the nature of the day-to-day business. Well, we don't do – we don't work on cars anymore. Okay. Um, it's a little bit rough to work on 50-year-old, 60-year-old cars. Um, you got to have a, you know, a special person to be able to do that. Um, but we specialize in the manufacturing aspect where people will drive from upwards of two, three, four, five states away – to drop off their engine, uh, we'll either rebuild that and then they'll come back and pick it up or they'll call on the phone or order online and we'll build them a brand new engine. And anything from a stock just, you know, get, get you down the road to, to working back engine to people that want to go fast and go to car shows. Okay. All right. So you build engines from scratch. Is that a uh, is that a skill set and how did you acquire that? I built my first engine when I was 12 and the engine lasted 15 minutes. <laughs> uh, I was very excited to put it in the car and I dropped a screw inside the engine uh, and the uh, camshaft broke in half and that was a mistake I only made once. Okay. Uh, but uh, that was my first one when I was 12 and I've been building now. I'm 46 so been bu- building for 34 years. I put about 4,000 engines uh, you know under my belt. Uh, myself, along with also um, watching and, 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 you know, basically instructing others to build engines as well. I don't build every engine that we have. Right. Um, so it's been a long process, um, but it's just trial and error. And I've developed my own, you know, knack for how to build the engines. I never re- really read any other books. Okay. Um, I was actually asked to write a book at one point, which I did write. And then I pulled back from the publisher because I realized at the last minute that I didn't want to give away all my secrets. Um, a lot of my stuff has been an acquired thing and a lot of tradesmen, when you talk to them, you know, you have to pay them a hundred dollars or $200 to fix something. It only takes them five minutes. And they're like, well, why did that cost so much? Well, it was the 30 years it took me to learn how to, you know, do that. Right. It take five minutes, not just the five minutes it took me to accomplish, you know, the task. Yeah. So it's something that I really wanted to keep in, in house. Um, you know, until maybe I retire and then maybe I'll publish my book. <laughs> all right. Very good. Yes. Experience definitely has its, has its value. That's mm-hmm. what it's all about. So, um, in terms of so the Volkswagen ended production in what twenty the 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 Beetle the air cooled Beetle ended um, twenty nineteen no it was before, before that because it was in Mexico so oh, it was okay. in I think two thousand three was the last year that they built the air cooled Beetle that they were still doing in Mexico in okay. Germany it was in the late seventies eighties okay so there the are the majority of your engines for that. That car, or are you doing things all over the map? Now? Yeah, so it's only the air cooled engine, so no water pumps, no radiators. Um, so okay. it's a little bit different. It's a very versatile engine, and, and the Volkswagen Beetle is still the number one production car in the history of the world. Okay, I don't think it's ever going to get passed. It passed the Model T uh, back in the day, and there's n- never going to be another car that's made the same you know number as the Beetle. Um, okay. But it's Beetles, buses, Gears. Um, things, and then we also build engines for kit cars, okay. um, for airplane motors, um, 
Zamboni ice cleaners. Okay. Uh, all kinds of different cool stuff because it's like I said, it's one of the more versatile. Um, people even use them for sawmills. Okay. Um, so very very strange uses, but they're 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 light, okay. they're they're cheap, and you know it's pretty good. Okay, very good. All right, so I'm going to talk about the intersection of engines and sports facilities. We're going to do that coming up. All right, we're back. This is The Upswing. I'm Jeff Sherman here from the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Quickly, just a review of what I hope become the pillars of this show. We're going to showcase businesses. We're going to build connections. We're going to inspire. We're going to promote. And we're going to have some fun. That's what it's all about, right? Back to Roy Henning. Roy is the co-owner of MFC Sports Complex, Mofoco, and another signature Wisconsin company, Great Lakes Dragway, that we're going to talk about after the next break. So sports is just such an important driver in our in our lives, right? Especially on the youth level for mental health, obviously physical health, anything getting the kids out of the house, away from the phones, away from the day to day is a good thing. So how do you intersect, Roy? You, you have this Volkswagen engine manufacturing facility. You have these old warehouses. Where's the vision to create, whoa, I need an indoor soccer facility. I need indoor baseball. What's that process look like? It is. It was a very strange road that I took and that we all took to get where we are today uh, with this facility. Uh, I mean, my history was I played soccer my whole life. I played in high school. I played Homestead. in college. I went to, yeah, I went to Homestead out all in right. one. So it's a little strange living in Whitefish Bay, you know, now being a Blue Duke instead of a Highlander. <laughs> uh, but I went to, you know, play, played in college, took a few years off when I came back. And, you know, then once I had, you know, I got two kids and, uh, we started getting them into sports and they wanted to play soccer. So then I was the volunteer dad coach. Oh, yes. And then I was drafted to be an academy coach as well, which is, which is great. I, I didn't think I was ever going to go that route. Uh, but it ended up being a lot of fun, a lot of work, but a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then it kind of just accidentally happened that, uh, as I was in a meeting with Steve Morris, who is the executive director at Bavarian soccer club, uh, he had told me that we lost, uh, use of, uh, the indoor facility, which, uh, they had been using for the last few years that had been mm -hmm. sold to a baseball training company. And as I told him what I did, he said, well, you got enough room to build a soccer field? And I laughed, and we laughed, and it was February, and it was minus 20 last year, and there was a couple feet of snow on the ground, and I looked at my warehouse, and uh, technically, yes, sure, I could, but it was going to be a lot of work. So I let that simmer for a couple months, and then during tryouts, I was kind of joking with some of the other dads, uh, you know, the kids on my team, and a couple of the other guys I know in Whitefish Bay, and they said, well, wait a minute, do you actually have enough room for that? And I'm like, well, technically, yes. So a bunch of people came by. And then they all took me out that night and fed me a few drinks and, and convinced <laughs> me to build a soccer field. Nice. Um, so we, we kind of just, you know, bounced the idea all over the place and, you know, found some investors and started finding some construction companies yeah. and had to change a few times. Um, then it really morphed into, well, you know, my wife is on the Whitefish Bay Little League Board of Directors. And there's a huge need for baseball. There's a huge need for indoor soccer. And here, just a, a, a strange thing that I, that I didn't know until I started doing this is that during the Women's World Cup, uh, the number one viewing area in the entire country was the Milwaukee area. 
Yes. I could not believe that. Yeah. So I, I knew soccer Obviously was big. Obviously, the North Shore is huge for soccer. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And the fact, you know, we've got some really nice facilities around here in, in Brookfield and Eline um, and now the Milwaukee Yard, but they're far. They're, they're not close. Right. And, and when you're going to take your, you know, 6 to 12-year-old to go to practice on a Tuesday, you don't want to sit in traffic for 45 minutes each way and then have to sit there for an hour during practice. That's three and a half hours. It's just not feasible. Yeah. So... Now we're building a soccer facility. Nice. And it not only it, – it had to all fall into place with the city of Glendale. The city of Glendale has been absolutely fantastic. The North Shore Fire Department has been absolutely fantastic on helping me. Uh, but it all started and stemmed from – and I wouldn't even be sitting here talking about this – if when my father had this built in the mid to late 80s, he had this building zoned for a mixed use, including a sports facility. Now, how he saw that vision 30 years ago, I have no idea. He looked into the mind of his son, and he knew (laughs) that down the road, the soccer player needed a facility for the future youth of the greater Milwaukee area. So so we're not going to have the biggest facility. So what I had to do was I had to go for the most innovative and the most different facility. Most facilities, while they're great, they're four concrete walls and and a metal roof Mm -hmm. and, you know, that that vibrating, uh, you know, light that you can see you know and what we want to do is put as much natural light as possible into our facility so we've got see-through garage doors we've got you know windows all the way around we've got big glass storefront uh, we wanted to make it feel like you weren't in a basement playing sports yeah okay all right we're going to get to a break and we'll come back we'll talk a little bit about the turf a little bit about maybe you can tell us when the opening day will be break a little news there and then i want to get to some background on great lakes drag away this is the upswing I'm Jeff Sherman. We're back, WTMJ. This is the Upswing, and I'm Jeff Sherman. You ever wonder how an entrepreneur gets his wings or her wings? Often it's it's family, right? A new indoor sports training facility will be state-of-the-art, opening in Glendale later next month. 10,000 square feet, all indoors for soccer and baseball, truly fitting for a community need that is long overdue. Another space, another indoor place for kids to play. Our guest is Roy Henning, who is one of the co-founders and owners. I want to have you talk a little bit about the turf on the soccer facility, because there's been a lot of talk with turf in the NFL and on youth fields, how do you make sure that it's safe? <laughs> and how do you make sure that you're using the best stuff? Well, that was uh, one of my primary things that I want, that I was kind of worried about was uh, who was I, who I was going to go with. And so it's a place called Hellas Construction out of Texas. Um, they just did a field for uh, the Bavarian Soccer Club on the stadium field. And this is a different style of turf than you've probably seen anywhere else. Um, uh, in talking with the with the owner of Hellas Turf, he said that the Upper Midwest is their number one untapped region of the country. Um, so it's an interwoven turf. You can kind of look at it online. I've played on all different types of turf and all different kinds of obviously and on grass. And on this turf, when you run, your feet don't you, you don't feel your leg catch. 
Um, so it definitely has a lot more give and, and it's a lot more padded than the regular turf. So this turf is actually in 14 different NFL stadiums, including uh, AT&T Stadium in Dallas and Las Vegas Raiders Stadium uh, that the Super Bowl is just played on. Hmm. I like to mention this. It was It is not in the uh, Meadowlands where Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Okay. Uh, right. So that, that's always a question that I get. But the stuff really is nice. Uh, there's a couple other places in Milwaukee uh, that have it on a very limited basis. Actually, the Don Hudson Center has it okay. up in Green Bay. So it, it's, it's a new thing, and at least for this area, and it's definitely going to, as much as you can, be best for non-injuries. <laughs> okay. All right. Do parents ask that question often as you're, as you're signing up tenants and yeah, talking that, to parents? Yeah, that, that, that is a question that we get. People want to know what's different about this. And like I said, I wanted to differentiate our facility compared to every other facility in the area. So we're going to be the only indoor facility that has this. Um, and it is a question. And, uh, yeah, and you mentioned other tenants. Um, I mentioned one of our anchor tenants is going to be the Bavarian Soccer Club. The other one is one of my co-owners, Nick Angrel, and he runs a company called Next Gen Performance. He does individual training. And so when talking to other facility owners and other ex-facility owners, I talked to the old owner of Soccer USA, for all of you older people out there okay. uh, that was in the area before. Uh, but we want to try and pack our facility with as many hours as possible and having two anchor tenants, one that's going to take up a lot of time during the winter in Bavarian and then another one during the summer and can take up some of those other times in next-gen performance. Uh, we wanted to make sure that we could fill our facility as much as possible. Okay, very good. Where can people find more information about the facility? So it's mfcsportscomplex.com. We just have an informational page up at this point. Uh, we are just in the stages right now as we don't have – have a firm opening date, okay. but we're just in the early stages of signing up uh, people for rental times right now. So if you want to, uh, you know, throw your name in the hat here, uh, mfcsports.com, mfcsportscomplex.com, and you can email us through there. Um, we're also looking for sponsors as well as we started this project in late last year in quarter four. Most places have their sponsorships already taken care of. So we're looking for, you know, field name sponsors and banners and stuff like that. Very good. All right. Awesome. We are going to head to a break. We'll come back. I want you to talk a little bit about Great, Great Lakes Dragaway. We're a couple months away from the opening of the season, but you got some special insight, and we're looking forward to it. This is The Upswing, and I'm Jeff Sherman. We're back. This is Jeff Sherman, and this is The Upswing on WTMJ. Thanks for being here. Truly appreciate it. So, Roy, your family owns Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. A quarter-mile drag strip. It's in the town of Paris, actually, right? In yep. Kenosha County. The iconic, iconic, that word gets overused sometimes, but the commercials. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Give us the background and the flavor there. It, it really is iconic in this sense, as Great Lakes Dragway is the oldest continuously running drag strip in the world. So it's never closed for even a year since it opened up, which was in 1955. Some people say 1953. Uh, but it's been open ever since. And the way that happened was my dad owned Mofoco, and through running Mofoco, he decided that he wanted to be a race car. He went down there before when he was a kid, uh, but he decided to start racing, and he moved up from motorcycles to Volkswagen Beetles to top alcohol funny cars. So he was the guy going zero to 260 miles an hour in six seconds. Okay. Um, and as that evolved, he decided he wanted to buy the racetrack. So him and two other guys got together, and in 1993-94, they bought the racetrack. And in the true entrepreneurial sense, my dad always told me that 
you can never ask an employee to do something that you're not willing to do yourself. So I was then charged with learning every single job at the racetrack, starting with cleaning the bathrooms, emptying the garbage, working at the food stand, all that kind of stuff like that. And so now my eventual job, I do all the advertising and promotion. And so I've been doing the radio commercials since 1997 saying, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) So did you get that? Who was the voice before that? Was? It was actually a uh, a radio station, I think WIIL, out of Illinois that that coined the phrase "Sunday, okay. Sunday, Sunday" for Great Lakes Dragway. Which uh, Great Lakes Dragway is credited in a lot of different publications and movies and things like that with you know coming up with that phrase. Okay, so opening weekend is like April fifth, and then the events go through September, right? No, we go. Or so what, we go what's, as, what's as soon schedule? as the as soon as the uh, temperature is consistently above fifty degrees, we'll open up, okay. and then we will stay open until the snow flies. Okay. Uh, so we try and stay open as, but the main per, the main point uh, the main area is up until about Labor Day weekend, and then we kind of tail off. And so the basic concept of the racetrack compared to every other racetrack in this country is my dad wanted to be open more days per year than any other track, okay. and we wanted to push people to get off the street. And to go race their cars at the racetrack. Okay, so is there an ongoing series like a NASCAR that that gets booked and it's every weekend people can follow certain drivers? There's uh, something called the Summit Super Series. There's there's different uh, there's different events that happen mostly every weekend. Okay. Uh, but during the week is when you can bring your own car. And so okay. it was thirty five. It might be forty dollars now to go in, and you can race your car down the track as many times as you want for the five six hour period uh, that it's open. Okay, so that that you can just sign up online or show up. And yep, you, you show like, up. What, what's the the protocols there? Uh, it's, can I it's, bring my sixteen year old? He just got his license. You can bring anything you want, and my da- like my dad always tries to you know tell people that it's basically like getting on a freeway entrance. So okay. the light turns green, you put your foot down. After a quarter mile, you you let your foot off the gas, and you kind of coast to the end. Okay, wow. I guess I did I didn't know that. I'm going to I'm going to show up. You know, my probably my electric vehicle probably isn't going to be the best use, but I'm going to grab grab one of my dad's cars and make it fun. It's surprising and they do something um, you know, where they'll stagger the light to where it doesn't matter how fast your car is. So if you make a couple time runs, then you can race somebody and it's all about your reaction time and how well either you can shift or how well you drive. All right. Well, I truly appreciate you taking time out of your day. You're a busy man. You're building a sports facility. You're building engines, and you're getting ready for the new season at Great Lakes Dragway. Roy Henning, thank you very much. Good luck with everything, and we'll see you around town. This is The Upswing on WTMJ, and we'll see you tomorrow.